Hello, everybody. Do you know what? I start every single podcast with that saying, and I'm fed up of it. So I'm not going to say hello, everybody. I'm going to go, hi, I've got Alexandra on the podcast today. She's been on a podcast a while back talking about chocolate, which was her favorite thing ever, probably still is. Um, And we are going to discuss a topic that came through from one of my clients. And I shall read it out, even though I'm dyslexic and terrible at reading, I'm going to read it out anyway. Um, And that question was, does unintentionally eating under your calorie target have an impact on weight? or fat loss same thing is it true you can eat too little to lose fat so we are going to discuss those questions because there's about four questions in one there um and go through them but first of all how are you I know we've just had a catch-up but how are you (laughs) how are you (laughs) I'm very well where have you just come back from you're always on holiday uh, Ibiza, Ibiza, yeah, it was nice. It was for a wedding, but yeah, I was actually going to say something from your story earlier. You were saying about having two breakfasts. Yes. Did you feel like I looked at that and was like, "You're having two breakfasts now because you're pregnant." I have two breakfasts all the time, so I just wanted to let like listeners know if they have two breakfasts all the time, that's completely okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? It's a good tactic as well because I've got clients that. Um struggle with like afternoon snacks I'm like just have two lunches have one lunch then another lunch it's fine double up on your meals so when you think it's got to be a snack you're like oh I don't know what's happening now like, I'll just grab a bar of chocolate but if you just have like another breakfast meal it's much more filling yeah um, it keeps you going longer and also you train like a crazy ass bitch like you're always running and doing something so no wonder you need the fuel yeah, no, I definitely needed a good few breakfasts after that 13 and a half K run the other day. I don't know how I'll get up to marathon distance because I was like, when is it your marathon? Two and a half hours after that. God. Not, not yeah. until uh, marathons, not until April in Paris. So I've got a while yet, but yeah, just went for a. How are you feeling? The miles at some point. How are you feeling about it? I'm not really training for it really yet. So I've got a CrossFit competition before then in October. So I'm focused on that at the minute, but um, I'm going to start your pull-up plan next week. Um, there's a little little plug for you, Angie. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> a pull-up plan. Is it still free? It is still free. Yeah, still free. Everyone loves to learn a pull-up. That is like perfect. I feel like everyone needs to go like grab that. Grab it whilst it's free before you decide it was the wrong idea and you put it back up as a prize. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though I think chin-ups and pull-ups is one of those things that just is it's so badass for women like to be able to I remember being in the gym once and I yeah. like six pull-ups and this guy came up to me and he was like bloody hell I can't even do one I was like yeah like, yeah I can <laughs> anyway should we go on to the question otherwise I feel like we could literally talk for hours yeah let's let's go go to it so let's break the question down first um, so first of all, she said, does unintentionally eating under your calorie target have an impact on fat loss? So the word unintentionally. So somebody who's not intentionally eating lower, i.e. somebody who's struggling with anorexia or something like that. So we're talking about people who just naturally kind of eat under. Um, do we think that that has an effect on fat loss? Do you want to go first? I think it very much depends where what how low your calories are that you're unintentionally eating at if for example your trainer has given you a calorie target of like 1800 and you unintentionally eat around 1500 just because you're simply not hungry like you're probably not moving as much as maybe you told your trainer when they worked out your calories or you just don't really get that hungry like you're quite busy you're getting all your nutrition in your diet then I don't really think that's a problem if unintentionally 
you're eating below 1,200 calories, then that is a problem. Um, not necessarily for fat loss. We can dive deeper into like, I guess the whole science and the process around it. But yeah. overeating is obviously problematic because it risks you getting kind of um, health conditions and undereating is also problematic. And I think people don't realize that because it also risks you getting health conditions. So I think as always, like we will always promote that balanced middle range, um, not going to like extreme ends on either side. So yeah, I guess it really just depends what you're unintentionally eating at. And I would probably force yourself to eat some more food if you are um, eating unintentionally below 1,200 calories, whoever you are, no one needs less than that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm really glad that you highlighted that because like, it, this is a great question, but we also have to look at like, there's the undereating and the overeating and both are extremes. So yeah. we always want to make sure that, you know, a client that we're working with is in that middle ground. And that's where we should be working towards. Now, some people are naturally going to eat less than others. Maybe that's, you know, something they've always done. Like some people, I know we love food, but some people <laughs> don't like food that much. They're just not that interested. And those people will probably unintentionally eat under their calories and it might be up to us as a coach to kind of re really encourage those calories coming up because yes if clients are eating you know 1100 calories they're training three or four times a week they're hitting their 10,000 steps then yeah we might see some I don't want to say metabolic damage but we might see some effects happening such as people are going to get more tired you know and you're not going to want to move as much and actually that can slow down your progress because you're not eating enough therefore you don't feel energized enough therefore you no longer are getting up and doing your 10,000 steps so you're not fidgeting as much so that can have a definite um, impact um I think that's the thing when you break it down of obviously weight loss comes down to energy in versus energy out your energy out is your total daily energy expenditure, as we know, which is made up of multiple components. And it's obviously your base metabolic rate, which if you are severely restricting your calories for a very long time, yes, potentially your BMR could slow down a little bit. Slowing down to the point of like what people call starvation mode, where you will just stop losing fat. I don't personally agree with um, because I guess the kind of, like it opens your eyes a bit kind of people wouldn't be in third world countries kind of starving if you know you really did not have access to any food you would um unfortunately starve yeah. so i you're not going to starve and stop losing body fat altogether might slow it down a little bit but the main part as you said is more in your um, exercise activity your non-exercise activity and your thermic effect of food where you're subconsciously going to be put in you might be going to do your workouts but they're going to be at a much lower intensity because you physically do not have that energy if you are not eating enough to fuel those workouts um and then your non-exercise activity are you really going to move around as much as usual if you're really lagging in energy probably not you mm -hmm. might think yeah i'm actually well i'm still doing like my 10k steps a day well whilst that might be your target if you were more fueled you may even be able to be doing like 12k 15k not saying you have to do that but that might be what you were doing before or just moving around more um so yeah, yeah. it's the impact and then your energy out is a lot lower because you are eating lower calories so it yeah. kind of balances itself out but 
Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to look at like the the factors that influence fat loss. Like if we flip this on on the head, on the head, like in order to gain uh, to lose fat, you need to make sure you're eat, eating adequate amounts of protein because you're going to get the thermogenic effect. What's going to happen if you're not eating ad, uh, adequate amount amounts of protein? You're not going to get that thermogenic effect of food. So that's another calorie burn that's like gone out the window. What else? Building muscle, right? Building muscle helps us to burn fat. If we're eating below our calorie deficit, we're you know we're not going to build as much muscle. So there's all these little factors that you've got to think of. Yeah, that add up. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I was also going to say as well because I've coached. I'm sure you have a couple of low thyroid clients. And one of the things that I have found with um, coaching clients with low thyroid is that they'll often say like, "Do I need to eat less?" So I don't. I don't burn fat as quickly as, as like a normal person would. And my answer is always no. I'd rather keep calories higher and get you moving more. Because ultimately, if you if you struggle with low thyroid, you struggle with low energy. So cutting calories down even more so just does not make sense. Like let's actually get your calories up and get you energized and moving more. Um, so that's just something to think about as well. There's all the other side effects as well. I think that people don't realize they just think, am I going to enter starvation mode and stop burning fat? Like, as in technically, will I stop burning fat? And it's often not about that. It's more about like what your body does in terms of trying its best to get you out of that diet because it's not enjoying where it is. It's under a lot of stress. So it's the things of like your leptin hormone will decrease if you're in a really big calorie deficit and then you're going to, that basically means that your appetite is going to increase. You're going to be feeling a lot hungrier. Your body's going to be like, eat, eat, eat. And whilst you then might just track because you're like, oh, well, I'm trying to track and keep within these calories. You track stuff. You then may start subconsciously eating things that you're not tracking and obviously get into a whole other world of you're kind of lying to yourself. You're telling yourself that you're eating these calories, but are you really? Because you, you know, you were so hungry, you before lunch just grab that biscuit and then actually you were so hungry making your dinner you couldn't bother to weigh out the oils you just splashed it in and I'm not saying you have to track to obviously be in that calorie deficit it's not the only way but if you are tracking and you're telling yourself that you're eating x amount of calories and you're not losing weight chances are you're actually not eating that amount of calories um and there's like I've had clients for example that have said um oh, well, I'm eating that amount of calories, but then I had these drinks and I didn't track them. Yeah. You're not consuming that amount of calories then. Um, or they'll be like, you know what? I feel like I may as well be honest now. Like I have been um, having like a few snacks that I haven't been tracking for the last few weeks. Um, and sometimes I just forget I'm even doing it. And it's not until like I ask them to take photos of everything they're eating that they then go, oh, I've got to take a photo of that. Oh now I've got to track that and it kind of gives them another like reminder of it um, and then they see that they are actually eating more than they thought they were so yeah. intentionally trying to eat low can make you feel basically quite restricted make you feel really hungry and then make you actually eat more and you may not even know you're doing it yeah have you because I know I have but it'd be interesting to hear from you have you been in a position where actually you have got a client to a certain point in fat loss and then have had to increase their calories for them to see a change in their body. Yeah, so I'm actually working with a client in the minute, so I won't say names or anything, but um, she has been working super hard, like 
in the gym um she's got so much more active so much more active with her non-exercise activity like consistent steps tracking food really well improved the quality of her diet improved her protein intake everything kind of there and her fat loss just kind of wasn't really going anywhere um obviously if like she's telling me she's doing everything I can see that she's doing everything right then the next step would be just go to your doctor and do get some checks just make sure that you know there isn't something like PCOS which is making your BMR much lower than I would expect it to be um because I don't want to advise something if it's not there um obviously make sure that you are accurately tracking everything like we've worked through all of that get some tests maybe on like hypothyroidism and see if that's causing an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, pre-diabetes, obviously things like that can cause an issue. There's so many underlying conditions, which are rare. So I don't want to scare anyone into thinking, oh, well, I'm not losing fat. So this must be the problem. This is kind of like, you know, I work with hundreds of, of clients and this is the odd one here and there that have these problems. Um, and sometimes it's as simple as something like they're super stressed, their cortisol levels are just really high. And by super stressed, I don't mean like, you know, you're just going for a little bit of stress at work. It's like you've Chronic. been stressed for a very long period of time. And like, I don't know, to be honest, I don't know the entire science behind how much your BMR might reduce, if it's going to impact your insulin or what's going to happen there. But when we put their calories up, Obviously, they're still within a deficit, but when they're in a bigger deficit and I obviously it takes a lot to tell them to eat more because they're like, well, I'm not losing fat on these calories. So why would I eat more? Like that is kind of our only option. So you either carry on on those calories. I'm not going to advise you to go down like it's not I'm I'm just not going to do it like it's not morally correct, like just for you to lose a bit of fat. I'm not prepared to leave you worse than I found you effectively and like encourage you to develop an eating disorder by advising you to eat really low so my only option here if you want my advice as a coach would be to put your calories up once they put their calories up magic yeah <laughs> that starts dropping off and I don't know if it's a case of they weren't tracking everything then they were telling me I don't know if it's a case of maybe their stress levels now are lower because they've put their calories up I'm not a doctor I'm not doing these te- lab tests on them like, I don't know why it has started dropping but whatever it is it is often yeah helpful and it just takes a long time sometimes to get them to trust that increasing their calories like because I have to kind of open up and say look you might gain weight (laughs) I can't tell you that this is 100% gonna work you might gain weight but your health is at the forefront here and right now it wouldn't be healthy for us to go lower so we've got nowhere to go if you think we can't do more movement that is our only option put the calories up see what happens yeah um, yeah what what are your kind of experiences with yeah it? like a similar situation but kind of a situation where a client had lost x amount of fat and we just got stuck and I wasn't prepared to take her on much lower calories than what she was because I could see she was struggling and also I just didn't want to I don't like to take clients below 1400 like I don't even like clients being on 1500 to be honest um so we I just said to her like you're gonna have to trust me at at the end of the day like I've, I've been doing this a long time and my intuition is telling me that we need to increase your calories and you will see a change guess what happened calories went up to 1700 she dropped body fat and her physique started to change now whilst I think at some point we then just ban scale weigh-ins because 
the scale weight was not moving, but physically, if we looked at the pictures, the measurements, everything was changing. So I think obviously there's an element of sometimes you just have to go down the kind of like body, uh, what's it called? Recomposition route. Like you have to look at how your body is changing versus just scale weight and focus on that more. Um, I think the difficult part with that is whilst I'm all for, <laughs> and I encourage them to look at how their, their body is changing, I think sometimes when you've got a client that is um, in like BMI terms, morbidly obese, obviously they for health benefits need to get their weight down and they want that. They've come to you. They've taken that huge step of deciding to reach out and make a change. So for you to tell someone like that, they need to put their calories up. It's hard. It's difficult because they're like, well, I want to lose weight. And I'm like, our end goal is still weight loss, but I kind of like to give clients options. I'm like, here's your options. You either stay on the calories you're at and increase your activity, but I would not recommend this because you have told me X, Y, and Z and you're struggling with X, Y, and Z and I'm basically just going to make you more stressed, which is then going to be less helpful. Or we put your calories up, we do it gradually because then you can see if you are gaining weight, realistically, if we change your calories by 100 per day this week, you're not even going to gain half a pound of fat. So if weight goes up, we know that it's not that. So it's kind of like they've got the confidence. And if we do it slowly, whilst we could just put it straight back up, if we do it slowly, it's a lot more of a comfortable process for them. Um, But you just kind of obviously want to get to those higher calories as soon as possible. So you can sit there for a little bit, see kind of what's happening, if that's helping. And then you can kind of go back into a little bit of a deficit after that break, if needs be, if things aren't moving on the higher calories. Yeah. Yeah. And then just going back to your, like, we're not scientists here. Neither of us are qualified in the science field, but just going back to that kind of hormonal profile, when you do increase a client's calories that have been on quite low, like those, that leptin and ghrelin response can regulate you know we can see that leptin starts to actually kick in so leptin is your fullness hormone so it'll tell you when you're feeling full and a lot of people who uh chronically diet that you know that that leptin hormone can be severely affected so they never know you know whether they're full and that's why we get leptin resistance and that's why we get diabetes right so a lot of the time I often see, and I've, I've been in, I've been in these shoes. Like I've been in a place where my calories were quite low. I'd, you know, I hadn't seen any changes, increase my calories. And it was almost like the, the stress of like worrying about how much I'd lost and then eating more had just disappeared because I was eating more and it made me feel better. So that was almost like a psychological release of just stress that right I'm just going to eat more I'm just going to fuel my body and as soon as that happened I saw changes and it's it's amazing what stress can do to you it just makes it a much more enjoyable journey I think and then you kind of get out of the mindset of well this is I'm just so frustrated every week that things aren't moving because I am waiting for this to move and instead you look at it from a point of I'm going to take things slow I'm going to be in a smaller deficit but I'm going to enjoy my life so I'm not waiting for anything to happen I'm just living my life whilst, you know, my my physique is improving if that's what you want to do rather than being like, I'm putting my life on hold and waiting for this. Yeah. Because that's then when every check-in, if the scale hasn't moved, you're going to be like, I give up and go the opposite way, which isn't obviously going to be helpful. So coming back to the question, obviously, like does unintentionally eating under your calorie target have an impact on fat loss? 
a small percent, I'd say, in terms of like hormone changes, BMR changes, but a much bigger percentage in terms of like what you're subconsciously doing in terms of your activity levels and your mindset and how you're approaching things and how consistent you are with things. Um, you know, you might be able to unintentionally undo your calorie target for a few days, but if you are actually hungry and that unintentional is potentially coming from like a place of fear, then you're probably still actually going to be hungry and you're going to realize that on day five and feel like you can't control yourself and you need to obviously keep eating because you're just so hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And the kind of the second part of the question, I mean, it's a similar question. It's kind of just worded in a different way. Is it true you can eat too little to lose fat? I mean, we've kind of answered it, but have you got... I think, yeah, and obviously it's kind of like yes and no, like no to the extent that if you consistently ate too little, then you would eventually lose fat. Yes, to the extent that if you do it for a short period of time, a lot of things are going to backfire on you and you're going to end up coming out of your deficit or just being under stress and making it a slower process. But I think what I would actually answer to this question is I wouldn't worry about, is it true whether you should eat too little um, and whether that would impact fat loss? What I would worry about is how, what, what other things eating too little is impacting because it's going to impact your sleep quality. It's going to impact your fertility. It's going to impact your energy levels, your productivity levels. It's going to impact your cognitive function. It's going to impact your relationships because you're going to be irritable. It's literally going to like, you know, you could potentially be nutrient deficient, which is going to impact your skin. It's going to impact hair loss, all these things like constipation that sometimes people go to the doctors and they're like, oh, this is happening. I don't know why this is happening. And like, it's rare that someone goes, oh, I'm going to pinpoint this on the fact that I'm just not eating enough food. Yeah. Um, and that is like, oh, I'm not in a varied diet. And that is often the case, like that they're not eating a varied diet. And I've had it where sometimes, you know, I've had like headaches and stuff and I've been like, what is going on? Like, I can't figure it out. And you go to the doctors and you're like, am I deficient in anything? And I think the ranges are so big that deficiency tests don't really show up whether, you know, you are actually lacking something in your diet. Mm. So instead, I came back from that and I was like, it said that I'm not deficient in anything. All my blood tests are completely fine, but I'm still having these headaches. So I'm doing something wrong. So I was like, right, I'm just going to drink a bit more water. I'm going to stop looking at my phone before bed. I'm going to add more seeds, nuts, things like that into my diet, because these are things that fish, I don't, I know that I do not have in my diet often. So I'm going to try to add a bit more in. And they did reduce. I mean, they have come back, I think. <laughs> you know, I cut out caffeine. You just try, oh, it's a bit of trial and error sometimes, isn't it? But maybe not a good example because my headaches did somewhat come back. They weren't as bad. I were having them every single day. But it's just a case of like, if you are experiencing something, there's probably going to be some kind of connection with your diet in some way, whether that's calories, whether it's what you're lacking. Um, so it's good to obviously like, have that in your mind when you're thinking oh is the only bad thing about me eating low calories the fact that I might stop losing fat mm, yeah <laughs> yeah no agree like completely agree on all of that and um I think there's a lot there's a lot to be said like people who naturally under eat and people who don't eat that much usually aren't that active like I've got I'm sure I'm going off on a bit of a tangent here but I'm sure you've got friends who are very slim who don't eat that much and who don't exercise and they kind of maintain their physique 
the one thing I would say is people, and I'm talking about this because I feel like this client, particular client might be talking about those that type of person, that X person. Those people, whilst they might be slim, they might also have a healthy BMI. They probably can't run up a mountain. I mean, I can't run up a mountain right now. You know, you know, they probably can't climb a mountain. They probably can't run 5K or they can just about. They probably actually aren't that healthy, but they, you know, they look healthy because they're slim. So we kind of have to distinguish as well that you've got this you know, you've got these extremities, you have got slim people who aren't healthy, and they do eat too little, you know, I've got a, a family member that I know of that eats way too little, but she smokes and she drinks, you know, and yes, she's very, very slight and very, very petite and slim, but she's not healthy in any way. So we also have to like, look at the fact that the people who you might aspire, like I remember when I used to struggle with, you know, my relationship with food years and years and years ago when I was in my, in my teens, where I'd look at people and be like, oh, you know, she's so slim. How does she do it? Blah, blah, blah. And it would be a case of like, basically trying to starve myself to, to reach that, that target. And it just isn't healthy. Like we have to move away from trying to eat too little to achieve the body type but we also have to look at the health impacts of you know of that as well like if you if you are somebody who naturally oh what am I trying to say like worries about the fact that you might naturally under eat for a bit and then you might naturally overeat for a bit like I wouldn't be worried that 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 typically is the normal person right that's like that's you know for example I know I'm about to say something that I know is not healthy. Sometimes it happens. So when my boyfriend goes to football on a Tuesday and a Thursday and I'm at home on my own working, I get so zoned into my work and doing it all that I don't forget to eat because I'm hungry, but I'm just like, can I be bothered to make something? No. Often for those days, I have a microwave meal, like a um, balanced microwave meal ready so that I can just chuck that in. But last night, for example, I was like, yeah, I haven't had anything. Then I had a bowl of cereal like before I went to bed. And that is not healthy. That is me effectively under eating. You know, I had a balanced breakfast, a balanced lunch, snacks, but then I did not have anywhere near enough calories or a balanced dinner. And I know that's not healthy. And I didn't feel great for it. I woke up this morning absolutely starving, to be honest. But <laughs> um, that wouldn't help my performance. It wouldn't help my activity levels. But sometimes that does happen. I guess as long as you know, like, if it's like something that always happens, then put a solution in place because it's obviously an issue. For me, like, I have a solution. I just didn't have a solution in place on that night. Um, Sometimes we under eat. And then another day, you know, I might go out for dinner. I've had my normal breakfast, lunch, and then I've had dinner. Of course, if I go out for dinner, and I'm not tracking calories, so I don't know what that'll be at the moment. But I know that a meal out is most likely over a thousand calories. And I know I've most likely eaten over a thousand calories already in the day. So on that day, I technically would overeat, but it all balances out. And that's yeah. just life in my opinion. And Absolutely. sometimes we under eat in maybe the summer when it's hot, like fruits, nice salads are nice. We're not actually eating that much high calorie dense food because we don't fancy it based on our environment. Then other times in the winter, we might overeat because it's like, warming foods like roast dinners and naturally they've got more calories in them so we're eating a little bit more I don't I don't think that's really an issue it's yeah it's when you let things go to the extremes and you either obviously like end up doing that for so long that you end up underweight or doing that for so long that you end up overweight 
or doing one of those and then either not moving or excessively moving because you feel like you've had too much yeah that's balancing that scale and staying in the middle and allowing it to tip like sometimes but trying to balance it out before it fully tips over yeah and this is the thing like it directly impacts health like these you know these x type people who don't eat that much but also don't move that much and can't walk up a mountain they will you know if you got if you said to them right we're going to transform your health now we're going to get you fit guess what's going to happen their appetite's going to ramp up and increase because the demand on their body is higher they need more fuel so these people who do stay slim who don't eat that much who don't exercise probably don't move that much or if they do they they balance out and it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that person is healthy that's what we have to look at is you know the the health of a person and I think that's just important to know and I think that's the thing size isn't necessarily an indicator of health like exactly I have been leaner than I am now and I would 100% say I am healthier and fitter than I am now technically I could run faster back then because I was lighter but I would not say I was fitter stronger or healthier um and and to be honest when I look back at that, that time now like I don't even know if I had a goal like, I don't think I had like a weight goal to stay under I'm not really sure why I followed such a like strict routine of eating whether it was just I was at uni and it was easy to do or I thought that's what I had to do I have no idea but I can probably assure you if you're in that stage where you're like I've got this target I want to be this size you'll get there, you'll be there for a bit. And then you'll look back and be like, well, that was pointless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I do not know why I did that. And I wouldn't say I was really unhealthy back at that time when I was my leanest, but I'm pretty sure I was deliberately trying to be lean and I'm not entirely sure what for. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, th- the other thing I wanted to add on is like, she's put, is it, I keep reading the question, is it true you can too, eat too little to lose fat? I think a lot of people uh, not think about this too much, but there there aren't that many people who can a- achieve that almost. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I think like eat too little to stop losing fat in the terms of like your, what, like eating like an 800 calorie diet a day, like for a sustained period of time. Yeah. Like how many people do you know that have eaten too little to lose fat? Probably hardly any. Yeah. So like the probability of this happening is very small. So I think whilst we are saying like, don't eat too low calories, I don't, I, I don't know personally, apart from like one or two clients who have got to a point where they're eating so low that they're not losing fat. Like, I don't think this, it's an extremity. Like this question is an extreme. And I think the thing is, it's, I get I get where the questions come from and and I think it's because sometimes maybe I don't know if you have but I could have even potentially phrased it at one like one point in that way when you're talking about health and why obviously like everything we spoke about on this podcast like why you should not eat low calories so I think sometimes people use different phrases and terminology when really the thing we're talking about here she's saying is it true is it too little to lose fat that's also known as starvation mode that's also technically known as adaptive thermogenesis it's yes adaptive thermogenesis does exist to some extent i think studies are unsure like research is unsure 
how much that is. You know, I've seen some that say it's by like 5% it can impact, impact your BMR, which is nothing. Then I've seen some which say it can be by 20%. Yeah. I don't think... I don't know. I could be wrong. You know what? If there's PTs listening to that, that know the definitive answer, like let me know because I would love to know it. But I'm not sure anyone actually knows how much adaptive thermogenesis can actually impact your BMR and how long you have to be at a low calorie target and for how long for that to have an impact. And I'm sure the answer will be it's different for everyone. Yeah. <laughs> some person it might be five percent. Some person twenty. Someone not at all. So I think. Yes, technically adaptive thermogenesis does exist to some extent, but is it going to stop you losing fat? Probably not. It's probably just the fact that you're then not going to be active. You're then not going to exercise. You're then going to overeat. You're then going to have a really crap time and give up. So it's probably all of those reasons before it comes down to the fact that it's like, I've actually been doing this for long enough that now I'm not losing fat. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you said that because I went back to her and said, it's a great question, but for how long? Like, how long do you mean she just said maybe over a week a month or how does it have an effect on on it long term yeah. and like if you were so if we talk about like once I'll pick at the end of the day isn't it I guess the advice would just be don't do it for all of the reasons we've said don't deliberately do it I know you said unintentionally but unintentionally or not don't eat lower than 1200 calories and if your base metabolic rate is higher than that ideally don't leave don't eat lower than that like 1200 is that kind of like minimum line you know that my fitness pal sets before you enter a low calorie diet and then like the 800 calorie mark before you enter a severely low calorie diet so you shouldn't I'm pretty sure you shouldn't go below 1200 without like doctor's recommendation yeah Um, I had Charlie on the podcast you know uh from Flourish yeah yeah Uh, she has obviously she did I think 12 bodybuilding competitions she told me on that podcast that her coach had never set her calories but um assigned her a meal plan and she actually went away and worked out what the calories were 700 calories a day and you should never like I've got um I know of people for example that have had like medical um honestly my mind's gone blank what's um gastric band yeah yeah and they're not even advised to have that low and it's only whilst they're gradually building it up and then I think they get to a point of like 1400 at the end of it but you should just never go below that without doctor supervision and even then like I'd be questioning this doctor as to like what the reason is and how it's going to help because there's so many ways it's going to obviously impact you um so yeah it's just it's crazy and I think that's what a lot of people look at these people and compare and they're like yeah well I'm just gonna keep going like that until I've got that body and it's like that is a competitor they are an athlete they are doing this effectively as a career as kind of like a bit of a bigger decision of I just want to look good um it a lot of people say like oh I wouldn't want to look like that anyway like that's not the look for me like it doesn't matter as an athlete like you're probably not prepared to put in what the effort they put in but they do that sometimes not knowing but I believe that a lot of them know the impacts it's going to have to their health but they don't care because it's a career you know that's like saying an Olympian an Olympian knows the impact that training for an Olympic sport is going to have to their health if they are not having enough recovery time if they're consistently working hard but they also have coaches that tell them how to eat for that how to recover for that and 
help try to reverse that damage as much as possible. Yeah. But they're still putting a lot of stress and pressure on their body, which you would not do as a normal person. Mm. Like when I say normal, yes, bodybuilders, Olympians, they're normal, but they're training for things that aren't your general diet. But yeah. we're comparing ourselves to, oh, well, why am I not as fast as this person? And why am I not as lean as this person? It's like what they did to get there might have been worth it for them because it's part of their career. But chances are it's not going to be worth it for you unless you want to go down that path yeah. and sacrifice everything for that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the final thing I was going to say is like you can use lower calories as an intervention. Like for some people... Um, starting off a calorie deficit with quite a small deficit can be really helpful, you know, to get that first kind of boost motivation and make them. Yes. Um, I, yeah, I've definitely done it. And um, me and um, my friend Jake, we talked about it actually a while ago. He was doing like a rap, you hear it, rapid fat loss phase. Like you do a rapid fat loss where you might for two weeks eat way lower than you normally would. So let's say your calorie deficit worked out about 1700 calories and you decided to eat. 1300 calories for two weeks you probably wouldn't be able to commit to that I know I wouldn't but that that can be helpful for some people to do it for a short period of time to one build some structure in their food to like almost uh reaffirm that they have discipline like you that you can be disciplined that you can show up and also just seeing that rapid fat loss that you know drop on the scale can be highly motivating for people but what I would always say is have an exit plan like if I've ever done this with clients if they've suddenly sprung on to me oh I'm going away on f- in five weeks time and I you know I would like to drop a few pounds we might say okay fine they might have been in a slow and steady deficit I might say right like, let's just drop calories for six days or five days quite low let's just get things you know moved along a little The next stage of that is having an exit plan. So making sure that actually you've got calories to return to instead of nothing and then binging on everything and regaining it. So I do think sometimes like for for some people, depending on how well they are motivated and how they are motivated, I should say, like rapid fat loss can be really, really beneficial. But for some people that might completely send them into a meltdown and cause huge like binge episodes, you know? And I think either way, that's not when we say rapid fat loss is still not going like below 1,200 or often like 1,400. So like me personally, that is what I prefer to do when I diet. I prefer to stay focused for 12 to 16 weeks and just stick to a, a reasonable calorie deficit, you know, like maybe like one pound loss per week rather than doing it a lot slower. I would much rather ramp up my activity, go into a reasonably low deficit that I can maintain and obviously sometimes I might bank calories within that so say I was going to follow like 1600 then sometimes I might go down to 1400 to bank 200 extra for other days so I'm not necessarily eating that amount on every single day of the week but I would personally rather get in that deficit get out (laughs) and get back to just like living my normal life Um, and that's different for everyone like I would rather make those sacrifices like when I go out for dinner make choices that I know are going to fit within that rather than being like oh it's just one meal out or just have whatever I want and then I'll get back to it tomorrow I would coach that and give clients the option that they could do that but personally that's not what I'd rather I'd rather not be in a deficit for an entire year and just go slow and steady the whole time like I find obviously if you're 
focused around like strength and fitness um, and improving like running and pull-ups being in a deficit for me my entire training for the whole year is just not good even if it's a small deficit I do not have enough energy to train the way I want to so for me it's sacrificing for that short period of time accepting that I probably won't be able to do any pull-ups in that time probably will not be able to get like my PB on my 5k but it'll be done I'll be out and then I'll be back to feeling like fully fueled yeah, and this is yeah. like this is exactly what we're talking about. The effects of eating, you know, too low a calorie. I mean, that's not too low for you, but it's still low, anything lower than what your body needs. It's it's low. Like anything in a deficit is considered low calories. You are eating less than what your body needs, and you are not going to perform a hundred percent optimal. Yes, you can try, and for a period of time, you may, but you probably not after a period like after a while so anything is low really yeah and like I remember I was a week out from doing my my photo shoot and those training sessions that I had though they were the worst session I literally I had to drink about two cans of monster to get through a training session because I just had zero energy you know and and that's the thing I was on such little calories but also I'd lost x amount of weight that I was just fighting this energy deficit every single day and I don't regret it I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed you know the photo shoot and actually sometimes going to that extremity kind of proves to yourself oh I can do hard things but it's like going through that I've now experienced what that feels like and I don't want to go there again like it's not fun and you don't want to spend your life being at a point where you're constantly fighting this energy battle you know it would be a case of getting up and having to like fucking push myself out the door to go and get 12,000 steps in because I was just so tired all the time and you just you know that's from under eating you know that's that's not eating enough and I wasn't providing my body with enough fuel it was, I wasn't on unhealthy amounts of calories. I think I was probably on about 1500, but that for me, I'm five foot seven. Like that's quite low for me. Any, any deficit is under eaten at the end of the day. That's the whole exactly. purpose of it. So that you can obviously utilize the energy that you've got and then also utilize your fat stores for some energy. Like that is the whole purpose of a deficit. You are under eating. You are going to feel hungry. We can use strategies to minimize that. We can make sure that we don't go to the extremes so that you're unhealthy each individual will depend how low they go on that journey and how long it takes. But you are under eating when you are in a deficit. That That is deliberately under eating. Yeah. So what we are, I guess, just talking about is make sure that you're not unintentionally eating a significant amount less than what your trainer has set you because they have set you based on knowing a reasonable amount more about you than a calculator would tell you. Um yes you could eat a bit lower than that you know they've not said this is the only number you must eat your calories will change every single day your daily energy expenditure will change day to day but don't eat significantly less on purpose i guess this was unintentional but if it's not unintentional eating low calories for a period of time then that would be something else that would cross over into potential eating disorders and we wouldn't then wouldn't be the people to advise on that so that would be a flag in itself if i told someone to stop eating below 1200 calories gave them strategies to get calories in if they can't eat you know like shakes and stuff and they still kept eating below 1200 calories then that would be a totally different conversation itself so yeah absolutely someone, someone else that can help them and i just think just to finally wrap it up like remember your um 
your time of the month cycle can impact your hunger and appetite levels as well. So it's quite normal. A lot of clients will um, unintentionally under eat under their calories in those first two weeks of their follicular cycle. So, you know, once they've had their period, sometimes people just don't feel that hungry in those two first two weeks. I know I definitely don't. But as soon as you um, enter sort of ovulation and then your luteal phase, appetite can ramp up. And for a lot of clients, this isn't always the case. So again, it's very client, client dependent and, you know, working with a coach is really helpful, but I definitely have clients that we kind of cycle calories where the first two weeks after their period, they eat way less. And the, the two weeks after that, they eat way more and it balances out over the month. You know, they might, they are still in a calorie deficit and quite a healthy one, but yeah, they might be eating like 1600 for two weeks. Then they might be in 2000 for two weeks, but I deliberately set at some of my clients calories at higher the week before their period when we've experienced and we've seen how that impacts them you know we like month on month for a few trends we then deliberately set that because if we do not increase their calories by that amount they then go over and then get into the cycle well I've gone over so I may as well keep going over and obviously then they end up in a surplus whereas if we deliberately set them at maintenance that for that week they feel fueled they feel that they can stay within it and then they are still in a deficit for three weeks of the month rather than going into a surplus for that week. And then effectively, if you work it out, only being in a deficit for like one or two weeks because that surplus has made their calories go over for like that whole week and taken them out of the deficit yeah. like the week before the next yeah, week. Same. Or I often like, I, yeah, or I, I'll say to my clients like this week, remember, we've got a buffer. We've got a buffer of 200 calories. If you need extra the extra 200 calories, you do. If you don't, then you don't. But one thing I would say is this isn't, this isn't everyone. Like if you are on certain contraceptives or, you know, you just don't experience these kind of fluctuations in your hunger with your um, hormonal changes in in your time of the month cycle. Like don't take this as we're telling you now, eat less after your period and eat more before your period. Because yeah, I've, yeah, I've got some clients that doesn't affect them whatsoever. Like they eat the same throughout the whole. So like, if you're somebody who's listening to this thinking, oh, okay, well, I'll just eat less before and da da da, like okay. you've got, you've either got to work with yourself and track your data and track also what's going on. Like, okay, it's my follicular phase. I'm not eating that much. I'm not hungry. Fine. I'll document that. Cause this is what we do as coach, coach for, for a month or two. Cause that's what I'll do. I'll just look at the data and be like, okay, well, hang on. The week before their time of the month, they told me that they don't know what happened like they went out for dinner and they just couldn't stop eating then a, another month comes around all the same things happened again okay hang on this has happened two months in a row now why did that happen are you hungry yeah I just felt like I couldn't stop okay well let's try this then like that's not for everyone it's just a, a trial and error based off their data like giving them direction based on what they are telling us yeah yeah that experience of knowing that could be a possibility so that is potentially a good thing to do if like that is why yeah yeah so to answer this question <laughs> is, <laughs> is it true you can eat too little to lose fat yes the the uh possibility of that happening is probably quite small like it doesn't happen that often but it, yes it can happen um, but we just advise that you try not to eat lower than 1200 calories basically is, is kind of the general overview and answer yeah. and we're um, definitely not saying okay that's fine everyone just eat 12,000 
1,200 calories then that's not definitely don't go below that but that's probably going to be very low still for a lot of people and you're still probably going to have all of the kind of negative um, side effects we spoke about in a lot of people if you try that I know if I had 1,200 calories I would be a very miserable person yes and not very healthy (laughs) snap yeah I don't think I've ever been near 1200 calories to be honest and actually just to know and I just want to share this because I think it's fucking amazing one of my clients posted in uh, the Facebook group the other day that she's now on and she's very very active so I'm just reaffirming this but she's now on 2500 3000 calories a day and like she goes mountain climbing she's biking she you know she's very active but for me I was like fuck yes because this used to be a client who used to worry about taking her calories close to 2000 and now she's you know way over that and it's just amazing like I love it when clients get to the point where actually they're like ah I can keep eating and it it's serving me really well it's it's a cool it's a cool place to be that's a good question for another podcast to be honest because there's so much confusion when I think some coaches say my client was eating 1300 calories and now they are eating 3000 calories and people are like well, how did they eat so much more and lose weight? And yeah, that's definitely a, another podcast topic for you, I think. But yeah. I think my one point to make on that is I have got clients that diet and lose over one pound a week on over 2000 calories a day. Thanks. And some of them aren't even, I would say, that active. So some of them just have a really high BMR. Obviously, so much plays into that whole nother topic, but just don't compare yourself to someone else basically someone Uh, might need to diet on 1400 someone might need to diet on 2200 that does not mean that you need to diet on either 1400 or 2200 yeah yeah cool awesome anything else to add or no all good fab all right well it's been a pleasure to have you on again um just in case you don't know alexandra where can we find you what's your instagram handle active alexandra on instagram fab and i will share her details in the uh in the show notes as well thank you so much for coming on speak to you later